Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers, and welcome to Flicking and Screaming. I'm Jed Sprague here with my co-host, Evan Fagundis. Hey, everybody. And JT Chipman. Hello, hello. And this week, if you couldn't tell, we are discussing one of the all-time classic Christmas movies. Die Hard. Die Hard, that's right, baby. It's Die Hard Week. Evan, how you feeling? This is an Evan movie. This is a me movie for sure. I'm feeling great. I, I feel like I've been behind the scenes. I've been talking a little bit about doing some more kind of like that, like 80s, 90s action movie. I, I love this genre. So I, I'm having a great time. I watched this movie a couple times this week. But yeah, I'm glad we picked it. Chip, what about you? Man, it's fucking Die Hard. Like this is mm-hmm. <laughs> Die Hard. It's fucking That's Die Hard. That's we are, what I we're think diving of. so deep into the bro territory this week, and I'm totally okay with it because uh, you can't get much better than this. Yeah, I always think of uh, that scene from Friends when they like start the episode and they're all watching Die Hard and they're all screaming Die Hard at each other, <laughs> like trying to just be like manly men. Cracks yep. me up. Um, for those of you that thought you were going to turn on the James Bond movie draft this week... <laughs> We're pushing it back one more week, and it's mostly because Evan is scared and can't commit to his really bad Quantum of Solace take. Um, but I promise you, it's we'll coming next week. It's going to be super a value excited. It'll be worth the wait. It'll be worth the wait. I'm glad that we could throw Evan under the bus like that. Just I mean, that's going early. Oh. I mean, we're going to be teaming up on Jed, because Jed thinks he knows everything Bond. And so it's just going to be great to see him crash and burn. That's a good point. That's a good point. The Bond connoisseur is going to come out with, like, three Roger Moores or something. If you pick the right three Roger Moores, it's not that bad, actually. But, it's, but it begins now. No, it saves for it. We'll save it for next week. <laughs> anyway, we are obviously discussing Die Hard. Um, you know, we're going to go through the normal categories. Like, all of our single movie pods, we're going to judge our favorite performance, our favorite scene, our favorite shot, and our favorite line. We're going to find out whether or not Rach, my wife, liked it, and then we're all going to give it a grade at the end. I think this is going to be really fun. This is an all-time classic. I mean, what else is there to say? Like Chip said, it's fucking diehard, right, Evan? Yeah. I mean, this is this movie. Um, I like what you're saying. It, it is a bro movie, but at the same time, my mom walked in while I was watching Die Hard, and she's like, oh, Die Hard, this is great. Like, it, I feel like it's pretty universal. Um, this is just a great time in movie making, and I will say – as far as this movie specifically goes, I really miss when these just like blockbuster action movies are rated R and people are just saying fuck all the time and stuff. For some reason, it just makes it more like more engaging than like, you know, The Rock and San Andreas just being like, oh, shoot, as like San Francisco just goes underwater. Um, <laughs> there's something to this movie that I'm just like, God, I just wish I could watch movies a year in movie theaters nowadays. You it's know so what this ironic. Movie- Oh, go ahead, Chip. Go ahead, Chip. It, it is ironic that you do say that about it, because I think that one of the I don't remember which it was one of the diehards from this century. They made it PG-13 and John mm-hmm. McClane had to censor the motherfucker line. He couldn't say yippee Kaye. They had to cut away at the uh, at the mother part. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I completely agree. This is like it's the most like pure, like stripped down action movie. You know, there's no it doesn't try to get too fancy. It's not overtly stylized. It's just stripped down. There's no fat. There's no filler, you know, just bare knuckle action uh, in Mm. its simplest and most pure form. And it's utterly rewatchable. Mm -hmm. Evan, I loved what you said about like this period in action 
being all like all about like the rated R action movie because it, it cast me back to like we're watching Point Break and you know there's those couple of times in Point Break where like Keanu Reeves is eat, like eating it like while he's trying to catch a wave and he's like shit which is like clearly yeah. like dubbed over but like there's a couple of like shits and like fucks as like John McClane <laughs> is like getting shot at or like running across the glass all the time. It's the best, dude. It's just, it's like, just you like, gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, it's <laughs> just like how normal people talk. Yeah, I do. I, I agree. There is something to be said about the fact that like, this movie, like, John McClane is relatable in one way, and that is the fact that he just talks like normal people talk. Like, for the most part. I, I just love that about this movie. Part of the draw. And I will say, the only other, like, thing that I really noticed as far as overall, because I, I tried to get as many ideas as I could into the, the categories, but I love how much this movie and the characters in it talk about other movies. The whole time they're talking about Rambo and John Wayne and he's calling him an American cowboy. And I mean, Alan Rickman even a couple of times actually specifically references movies and that being mm-hmm. like an influence on the characters and their actions. So I just think it's such a cool thing because like for people who just love movies like us, it's cool to just see characters that we like talking about movies and knowing they like the same movies as us. I don't know. There's something about it that like brings you back to being a kid or something. Yeah, definitely. This is like a, I think a perfect 13 year old movie. Like there's enough fucks where you get like the laughs out of the cheap fucks. There's like references to movies that I really enjoyed when I was like 13, 14 still obviously enjoy, but like we're kind of in my conscience at that point. Um, and obviously just like you said, bare knuckle action. It's a, it can't beat it. Yep. Um, Chip. I want to come to you for a second because you are our deep take guy. Are, does Die Hard deep have takes. a does Die Hard have a deep take sector? I have two. I think. I I think it does. Um, I <laughs> well, okay. How do we want to go down the Christmas movie territory right now? Do we want to discuss that? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's That's do it. That, yeah, let's okay. Do it. Because this is obviously a Christmas movie because it's about it. The movie's about saving the idea of an American Christmas and about preserving like holiday spirit and cheer, you know, reuniting with family despite the turbulent circumstances. You know, we're facing off against these big, bad European atheist pagans who don't respect American Christmas. It's the exact same theme as like the classic Hallmark Lifetime Christmas movie, but with the uh, F-bombs and with the machine guns. So there is obviously that that take. I think there's also some... Uh, interesting asides about like corporate takeovers and like Hans likes to like poke fun at uh, U.S. capitalism and like uh, entertainment tropes. It's a little bit dicey, uh, but it, it made me laugh. So I don't know how deep it is, but it's certainly there. Yeah. Evan, do you have anything before I get to my my few things that I noticed on this this watch around? Um, I just want to agree that clearly this is a Christmas movie. They literally are talking about Christmas in like every other line. And I get, it's not the same as like a Christmas story where it's like the entire movie's goal is to get to like four people around a tree opening presents in the final scene, but they're referencing Christmas so often. I don't know how you couldn't, the, the final, um, yeah. Song is, is it's let let it it snow. snow, Yeah. Yeah. Let it snow. It's a hundred percent a Christmas movie. This um, is, but yeah, this is meant to be watched with your family when you need a break from all the sappy Christmas movies. It's like let's turn on Die Hard. Ooh, like, we're gonna watch it. We're gonna watch it around Christmas. 
Like, you know, you have 24 days, you know, in my house, you're not allowed to watch anything Christmas, listen to any Christmas music before December 1st. You have, you know, 25 days really to watch Christmas movies and to listen to Christmas music. And this is the movie that you listen, that you watch smack dab in the middle just to like get a break from all that sap. Um, so it's 100% a Christmas movie. I have a machine gun now. Ho, ho, ho. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah. I, that, that never gets old. Yeah. Uh, that line reading from Rickman is incredible. Yeah. When I, he's when, just reading it off of it. Yeah. And we'll get to that. Yeah. But yeah. here are a couple of my, like, takes for takes sake. Um, one, I'm not here for the power dynamic in the McLean household. Like, like he can't just be happy having a, a really successful wife who's good at her job. Like, it's like he's this, like, blue-nosed, like, cop. And, like, it tears their marriage apart because he refuses to, like, bow out his career for hers. It's like, come on. I mean, I get it was the 80s and, like, things clearly haven't aged well, as we'll, we're going to get to in the Bond pod next week. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but I just, I don't know. It, I guess you know. I, I'm. What do you guys think about that? Am yeah, I? Am well, I reading? There's... We can definitely talk about this more as we go because it's a super interesting. Like it's kind of hard to figure out, and I guess that's one of the cool parts of the movie is like they never actually explain it. It's a little hard to figure out exactly what we have going on there. I mean, mm-hmm. even the fact that he's not expecting to stay in the house when he comes, but then he's shocked that she's not using his name. But it, I don't. It's kind of unclear. It's basically I, it's basically divorced dad propaganda in some sense. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's yeah. like like cuz he's a he's supposed to be like an everyman, you know, he's not extremely ripped and he's not, you know, a a marine or something like that. Yeah. He's just kind of this everyman cop with a receding hairline. And, you know, that's certainly tricky. I don't think we uh need to explain why that's tricky in <laughs> in these times, but it has not aged great. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, my second point, really good on, on Hans Gruber for assembling a really diverse, uh, terrorist squad. I just, you know, I think, I think he, it just shows he's so, uh, he's such a progressive, uh, terrorist. Um, I was really proud of him on this time around. It really stuck out to me. Um, you know, good for him. Good for him. Affirmative action, Hans Gruber. Yeah. I just, I'd love to see Hans and and Theo, who plays the technician, going out for like pizza with like six massive German dudes. Yeah, 100%. just like what does that conversation look like? Yeah, I mean, Theo is obviously all about the Lakers, but I yeah. don't know if the German guys can connect as much to that. I don't know if they're trying to get some soccer talk in there. Yeah, I mean it's a good question, and thank you for just like walking right into my next point. I miss German and like vaguely Eastern European bad guys just being the bad guys all the time. Like, let's get back to that. Germans, Russians, vaguely Eastern European. It's just Hollywood culture. Like, let's put it out. Like, I don't need, I don't need, uh, you know, oil magnates being the villain anymore. Don't modernize my villains. I need them to be German and Russian. I need pure Cold War propaganda style villains. Agreed. Oh, Jed. We are we are so different, you and I. It was a joke. <laughs> Come on. I want all my villains to be American corporate capitalists. <laughs> I would like all my good guys to be communists. There you go. You know, follow Chip movie. on Twitter for more understanding behind that take. <laughs> they really do hit the tropes. It's like 
they don't even really have to explain why they're bad. It's like, don't you hear them speaking German? They're the bad guys. Folks. Yeah. Oh. And, and then also, like, they're kind of wanting to take down, trying to attack capitalism a little bit, but they're like, we can't attack white capitalists. We just got to put, like, random, like, Japanese, you know, a Japanese company as the bad guy because it's like, well, they do bad business, right? Like, Americans yeah. might do good business, but they do bad manipulative business it's it's really interesting how close they get to like actually kind of like wanting to make a point but also oh, being they, like we dude. want a hundred million dollars worth of americans to come watch this movie and not be like disaffected or something they are so ready to jump off that cliff and they just they walk on the edge of it the whole time it's it's great it's great but yeah the atom bomb joke early on is wild that's I a crazy joke that joke i was like whoa they were that joke was why i can't even imagine that joke being funny in 1988 but real real big swing and a miss there on that one <laughs> all right you guys have anything else before we start to get to categories i'm ready to dive into categories yeah i'm ready all right yeah let's go first up is our favorite performance um, mm. As always, we like to give a couple of nominees. I think there are two obvious nominees. Uh, I think we we can give two. I'm only going to give one, and it's neither of the because I know you guys are going to pick the right ones. Um, my pick is Hart Bachner as Ellis, uh, just <laughs> snorting coke off the desk and rubbing his teeth in front of a, a cop, and then being like, "Show him the watch." Show them the watch. It's like it's just it's so, a Rolex. Yeah, it's a, it's a Rolex. It's like you you could pop heart uh, in a vest and a button down and jeans and all birds in modern day San Francisco, and he would fit right in. Just snorting coke and and talking about his Rolex. I like yeah. that he's basically a, a mashup of Roman and Kendall Roy. Best of each. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Oh, succession heads. That's good. That's good. All right, Evan, uh, give me your like real picks because I think. Yeah. Cool. So I got I got two, um, and I'm gonna leave one of the main ones for Chip too. Um, one I have Alan Rickman as Hans. I mean, pretty self-explanatory. Like one of the most legendary bad guys of all time. Um, I mean, we can talk about him more if we get to, but he has just enough, he's menacing, but he has just enough camp and like a, a, a like almost theatric feel to him mm -hmm. that it lends itself to the movie and it makes it just flow so perfectly. At no point do you have to sit there and be like, okay, wait, why did you really do that? Because here's this guy kind of like waxing poetic every once in a while. So you're, you're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to question anything that he's got going on here. Why exactly are we going for six million dollars six hundred million dollars worth of bear bond like you know you don't have to read too much into it because it's like it's just so fucking fun to watch that guy eat um and then the other one i'm gonna go with is paul gleason who plays the lapd deputy chief just because he delivers some of the most unbelievable lines in the whole movie like when he's like how do you explain or when they're like how do you explain the guy who got thrown onto my car he's like probably just a depressed stockbroker like <laughs> sir what <laughs> immediately by rapid fire like gunfire um he also says uh <laughs> when rickman is falling at the end he goes oh i hope that wasn't a hostage like he's just <laughs> the lines that he has outside are just so unbelievable and he plays so perfectly just like the bumbling like 
I'm in charge here, but I'm also like the biggest dipshit, like gonna get in a fight at my kids' like um, <laughs> little league game with another dad type energy. Uh, oh. But I just think he's great. Yeah. Oh, great, great picks, Chip. Um, so I'll go. I'll, I'll do the other obvious one. Uh, Bruce Willis is John McClane. Like I alluded to it earlier, he's an everyman. He's like. He, he has these kind of paranoid freak out moments, both to himself and like audibly screaming at like approaching fire trucks. He, mm-hmm. he tells the fire trucks, I'll kiss your Dalmatian. Yeah. <laughs> and he sees them coming up. And uh, he, he's an extremely relatable character in the references he makes and uh, that cocky, but you know, he kind of beats himself up a little bit attitude that he has. Um, it's very relatable. It's very fun. Extremely quotable, of course. Uh, shout out as well to uh, Devaro White as Argyle. Just a, yes. a wonder kid, you know. He's got <laughs> this, like, California youthful vibe. He's listening to Run DMC and Stevie Wonder. You know, I love that moment where he springs into action to punch out Theo, and he's got this look of delight and accomplishment. He's done very little else in his career, but, like, to have that on your resume as kind of your, hey, I was this guy, you can hang on to that forever. Yeah. That first ride with McLean, Argyle is eating. Eating. <laughs> oh yeah. He when he's like when he, he's literally he's like he's like, What, you divorced, separated? And he's like, You you asked too many questions. Come on, man. What are you divorced, separated? <laughs> like just like yelling at him. He's well, like, I don't he's like, I used to drive a cab. Like people want some conversation. It, he just is rapid fire. It's great. Yeah, he's almost like he kind of settles you into the movie. He's kind of like like, hey guys, like we're going to give you like a you're about to see basically two straight hours of action. And before that, we're going to give you about five minutes of, of our guy, just, you know, kind of easing you into the, into the the movie. He's like the tempo before the tempo. Yeah, I agree. All the action movies have to like do that slow. You know, they have to introduce you and be like, yeah, this guy, his wife wants to divorce him. You know, they kind of have to set it all up, but he kind of gets you into that rhythm of like, we're moving here. Like we're, we're even the conversations are going to be snappy and then we'll get to the gunfire. Like a bad action movie would have him have the conversation with the guy on the plane. You know, he's like, yeah. Oh yeah, my wife, like yep. oh, we're separated right now. Yep. Die Hard says, here's Argyle to let yes. you to get this exposition out of the way. Exactly. He's going to turn run DMC up immediately after you get the exposition. Like I completely agree. That guy that, guy that he runs into in um on or the guy we talked to on the plane that would absolutely the worst version of this movie would be um him just like yeah i gotta go out here see what's going on with my wife we might be getting divorced and yeah then yeah. you're just kind of like the all right we've got a lot of good nominees um, yeah i think it's really down to that's two both. and my vote is for alan rickman yeah, that's, that's my, my vote. vote as well. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's so obvious. Like Willis, I don't want to sell Willis's performance short, but this movie doesn't work without a. Uh, it's really a two man movie, right? It's a two man movie with a bunch of henchmen on both sides, and Rickman and Willis going beat for beat. And I think Rickman, like in the the scenes where they're on screen together, just blowing him out of the mm. water. He's blowing everybody out of the water. I loved what you said, Evan, about that like theatrical presence. It's so what it is. That's like you got it right on the fucking nose. Yeah, dude. The uh, way he holds a gun. Did you guys? Know, the way he like kind of like oh. all laissez faire, but it's also so menacing. It's so great. It literally he he seems like an actual killer. Like the way it just kind of like comes up out of the shot, and he sits there, and then he just like 
I mean, he pops multiple people just in the face from point blank range. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. We also got, we should talk about that. Like, he pops multiple people in the face from point blank range and doesn't get a speck of blood on his suit. Never. I mean, never. Oh, all right. Well, I'm happy that we are all on the same page because Alan Rickman, what a fucking performance, man. What yeah, a, what he's a great. Chip, I you mean, have any- what do we think? Uh, sorry, just really quick, Chip. I, I'm curious, and I'd like you to answer too. Like, overall screen time, I guess if we can't, I, maybe the first like 12 minutes, 15 minutes setup probably pushes Willis over the edge. But once the actual hostage situation starts, is Willis even on the screen more than Rickman? No, I think he might. I like in my in my mind, you could watch this movie and think that like Rickman is one is like the main character. Like you said, if you eliminate that first little bit, it's definitely these two guys facing off head to head. Their screen time's got to be pretty much equal. It's it's got to be close. There's a few moments where. Uh, John McClane's having extended conversations on the radio with yeah. Al or with someone else You're that right. probably still pushes him over the edge. But I mean, would you think about just the electricity that's on screen when they're together? And we'll get to that in scenes, I'm sure. But those, I think it's only two scenes where they're actually sharing a screen, not just talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's almost too much to handle, but in the best way. They are going blow for blow. You know, this yeah. is going 12 rounds. It's a draw. It's flawless. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally agree. Awesome. Um, moving on to mm-hmm. our favorite scenes. So, uh, Chip, since you, you know, were gracious enough to, you know, set me up for that transition, I'll let you take the uh, the first two uh, nominees. Sure. I'm a huge fan of the first scene where uh, John meets Hans and they're on the roof together and they both have to play dumb with each other that they don't know who the other person is and what they're doing. And, you know, John gives him like a cigarette and Hans is reading names off of the uh, guide to the building to figure out his fake name. And they're talking about a shooting range. The tension, like they just both want to like immediately jump on each other, but they're not sure if they should yet. Oh, it's so, so good. And then, you know, obviously the fake uh, or the empty magazine that he dukes him out with. It's just brilliant stuff. I also like the first break-in sequence. And it, like, opens with Theo and mm. Carl and that magnificent Kareem mm-hmm. magic-worthy play-by-play that he gives. So good. It's so much fun. And then it, it's more of a sequence because it strings together all these yeah. moments of, like, Carl and his brother, you know, cutting the wires. And they're like... Carl has the chainsaw and Tony has to like mm-hmm. cut the wires before he finishes. And then it culminates in them all, uh, you know, coming out of the elevator and uh, ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Get so the good. Hans entrance. So those are, those are my two nominees. Oh, great. Those are great picks. Those are great picks. Evan, what are your, uh, your picks? So, so really quick chip, your first choice. Can that lead? Do we consider that the same scene as leading into the three guys coming in and the huge shootout and the broken glass scene, or are those separate? That's probably the same scene. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It kind of ends with the broken glass. You're right. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Just cause that shootout is nuts. Like there, there is so many bullets fired in that shootout, but so many. Um, yeah, good picks there. Uh, so I got two. So my first one is um, interrogation of Takagi. Mm. Um, when he ends up shooting him, when he's asking for the code, just the whole lead up when he goes in and sees the little miniature. Um, and he's like, I mean, talk about waxing poetic. He, he's talking about like Alexander the Great or something like that. Oh. He's talking about, you know, having a classical education. Chewing. Che- Alan yeah. Rickman just oh. absolutely chewing on the dialogue. 
in on it and and just completely setting up both sides of Hans that we end up to, to love. You know the the kind of campy like almost Bond villainy side, and then the just straight up like I will shoot you in the head. I mean the whole like I'm gonna count to three and there won't be a four, and him staying true to that is like that's what sets it up. That's when the whole movie you're like shit. Like this dude is actually real. Um, so I love that scene. And then um, to go with is Harry Ellis. Uh, we were talking about it before, played by Hart Bachner, um, trying to negotiate with John and, and trying to convince John to uh, to give himself up and the whole um, his uh. interaction with Hans leading up to that and Hans, you know, doing the whole like, oh, I must have missed that episode of 60 Minutes and stuff like that. That whole yeah. thing is just unbelievable. And he's so coked <laughs> out in there. Oh, you his... got a gun. I got a fountain pen. What's yeah, dude, his fucking dude like his faces after everything he says he's like john they're gonna kill me and then he like he's like looks at looks at uh hans he's like i got him don't worry i got yeah, him for exactly. you. yeah oh all right and i think um, that first scene that i talked about sets that up because yeah at that point we already know hans doesn't care like hans will shoot this dude in the face yeah yeah um i agree i I think you guys kind of touched on most of my favorites. I want to add one more. Um, and it's that first walkie-talkie radio interaction between Hans and mm. um, and McLean when they're kind of getting – they're feeling each other out. I actually think it's great editing work, like the pace at which they're cutting back and forth from each other. They let us hang on just long enough. They do a good job of, like, the mix of, like, I'm I'm watching the person talk and also, I'm listening to the other person, like, here through the walkie-talkie. You know what I mean? So it's like there's there's like yeah. a good amount of, like, each, you know, one reacting to the other and one, you know, kind of, like, you get to see their facial expressions as they're talking. Um, I think that's a really good scene. So that's my only one that, that I'll, add, I'll add to the pick. It's yeah. so funny. Like, you can see running through all these scenes, Hans is, like, obsessed with American culture. He <laughs> references, like, 60 Minutes and Time Magazine. Yep. And John Wayne, and he's talking about designer suits. This man just contains multitudes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, a hundred, hundred percent. All right. Dude would be a legend at trivia night. <laughs> Are we ready to vote? I don't uh, know if yeah. I am. You guys go uh, first. You guys Evan, go first. Evan, you can give me your pick first. Okay. So my pick, and I maybe it's cheating a tiny bit because it is pretty long, but scene that he first described i mean john finding hans checking the explosives hans doing the whole fake american thing um calling himself uh mr clay and then leading into that insane shootout um where bruce willis takes out a couple guys from under the desk and then has to run over the glass that's that stretch is is where the money's made for me yeah i i agree i think that's the best scene i think that's the tension point of the movie um the when he gives him the gun, no matter how many times I've watched it, there's still a bit part of you that's like, oh, oh what are you yeah. doing? And it's like <laughs> yeah. you don't trust you don't trust John McClane. Yeah. you know what I mean? And it's the two legends finally together. Like at that point in the movie, you are so ready for them to face off. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's such a it's such, like there's been so much tension at that point, and then the tension gets relieved for like a second when they're just kind of like chatting when Hans is pretending to be that you know one of the people that works at the company. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I 100% I agree. I think I'm great with that choice. My other one probably would have been the first time that they talk on Milwaukee, um, just yeah, because yeah. 
just for Han's facial expressions, where he's yes. trying to guess, you know, what's going on. He's like, you're a security guard. And then it doesn't, yeah, uh, that yeah. turned into, how did that become Sean Connery? Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you're getting ready for next week already. <laughs> I guess. Oh, I was man. like, I was like, that was, that wasn't even Sean Connery. That was family guy, Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. The damage is done. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to shut up now. Oh, that's <laughs> fucking hilarious. That oh, was unbelievable. All right. Well, I think that's a great pick by us guys. Kudos to us, as always. Our picks are always great, uh, as our favorite scene, you know, being yes. that initial showdown between them. Moving on to our favorite shot of the movie. There's only one shot that I think is truly special, spectacular Hall of Fame of movie shots. And I'm gonna. Ha- I'm happy to you for you guys to disagree with me or give your picks. But the only thing I'm gonna nominate is when he gets in that AC shaft and he flicks on the lighter, and you see his kind of like bloodied face, and it's just that really tight close in. You are like face to face with John McClane and he him trying to like figure out the situation. It goes from dark with that lighter flick. It's fucking. It's amazing movie making. Like that's genuinely great movie making. That shot is like blows me away. Every single time. I think it's a, like an iconic shot of all of like 80s, 90s cinema. Um, and that's what I would pick to be the winner. I want you guys to give other shots that you liked, but I just wanted to put my cards on the table early. Yeah, I've got a couple other nominations. Um, I think that when Alan Rickman, when he finally lets go and falls off the side of the building, um, I, I think it's true. There's a story that for that shot, they let him go on two you know they count down you know one two three we'll let you go and they Mm. let him go early in order to get you know kind of a pure uh genuine shock on his face as he's falling onto you know the mattress in the studio um but just uh, was it 40 feet i think it was a net yeah from what i from what i read i heard it was 40 feet and he did that stunt himself yeah backwards 40 feet is what i heard what a uh, fucking legend. Alan Rickman's legend just grows. Rest in peace, big Absolutely. homie. That guy, un- unbelievable. Um, any any chip, I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you, and you had a second one that you wanted to nominate as well. Yeah, there's just like a really cool shot of that first showdown between the two of them when he gives him the gun and the cigarette. He like is like, he's almost snarling at Hans because he knows what's going on. And he's got a cigarette and the camera's looking you know, it's the camera's lower than Bruce, so it's looking up at him at an angle. He's just like snarling at him with this like glimmer in his eye, like I'm gonna give you a, a gun, but it's not gonna have a magazine of bullets in it. Uh, and I, I really like that shot too. That's just a no personal favorite. Yeah, good choices um, from both of you guys there for sure. And you know that Alan Rickman falling it gave me such strong vibes of like 25 years later. The uh, the shot of Slim Pickens in Doctor Strangelove on the bomb. <laughs> yeah. Such a similar camera angle, like where you're almost right above, like almost uncomfortably, like right above their face, where the camera almost feels like it's like, like you're falling with them just a little bit higher. Um, but it was just funny that I just thought of that because we had just talked about that. Um, I... You guys had both or two out of the three that I had written down. The other one that I had written down that I wanted to point out was um, McLean after he throws the body through the window um, and he says, welcome to the party. Um, There's a shot from outside of the building 
and it's kind of below outside. It's like you're maybe a floor down from McLean looking up at him, and he's perfectly centered in the broken glass from where he'd broken it with the chair and then thrown the body out. He's just kind of perfectly centered. Very similar look to Chip you were describing with the cigarette, just kind of like that, like, gritty determination with slight twinkle in his eye. I That shot, I, I, I thought was really cool. I also was just like, it just shows like how stupid I am and how little I know about movie making. I'm like, how would they ever have done that outside the building? And I'm like, okay, they're on a set and he was standing on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you get lost like, in the Evan, magic of the movies. Evan's like, they had like, a helicopter that was perfectly still. That's what I was thinking for a quick second. I was like, oh my God, this is better than the helicopter scene in Arrival. But I was like, no, they're on a soundstage. It's all right. Evan, Evan making his directorial debut, trying to replicate that shot, handing the studio a bill for 60 grand because he did yeah. out of after they're like, why didn't you just like recreate the broken window in the studio? Yeah. He's like, oh no, of course. It's like my 17 year old son could fly a drone at this point and just shoot that shot for five bucks. But yeah, yeah exactly. I thought I thought we had the chopper out there. All right, I'm ready to vote. I've already made my my pick clear. It's it's that shot when he gets in the AC shaft and he flicks the lighter on. Um, anybody disagree? As that being, Chip, the what do shot? you have? I, I would probably vote for Alan Rickman falling with that facial expression and, you know, that music in the moment. But I, I'm because of how iconic it is, I'm willing to go with the AC shot. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely the, the chalk pick, right? The chalk pick. But it is when I think of this movie, it's what I think about. And part of it is because, like, it was in all it's in all the. You know, marketing or like if you just look up this movie on google it's the first five pictures that show up are, are from that scene it's but the picture you're gonna post amazing. on instagram for our promo exactly. it's the i'm gonna post when we put this episode out no doubt about it um so yeah i'm definitely good with that pick but definitely one b for alan rickman falling i think the way they shot that is so it looks ahead of its time and yeah. obviously it's because they actually did the stunt it's not yeah, that's like green so screened or anything. So really yeah, cool. It's, it's so cool. So cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, well, moving on, it's time to get to our favorite line. Um, this is maybe we are just whores for like one liners. But every every time we do a single movie, it seems like this is the most loaded category. And this week is no different. And mm-hmm. Evan, I can't I cannot wait to hear your two uh, picks. For- okay. And, and let, let's just get – I want to get something off the – out of the way. I yeah. think yippee Kaye, motherfucker, we're not picking it. We're not picking it. It is so iconic. It is an amazing line, but it's almost transcended itself as a movie line. Yeah. That I think it's almost it's like off. a catchphrase more than even like a quote at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's off the table. I'm taking okay. Kaye, motherfucker, off the table, and we're going with – That's fair. The rest of them. Do you? Can we I, I got think greedy. that's fair? I wasn't even gonna do it. I was gonna leave it to you guys and let you guys waste one of yours. Uh, on not waste. It's an unbelievable line, and the callback from Rickman is almost even better than the original line. But um, yeah, I, I'm with that. But there's so many options for this movie. So I got okay. two. Um, one is a little bit more of a chalk pick, but it's okay. It's from John McClane when he says he's kind of doing like a mocking voice. He's talk. He's like kind of mocking his wife. Um, this is like about halfway through the movie when he's really just been in the shits for, for maybe an hour at this point or something in, in uh, real life time. Um, but he says, come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Like, I, <laughs> I think that line is unbelievable. Um, it's a 
little bit longer. I had a Hans line in here, but I, I'm going with line from Theo as a technician. <laughs> and this just shows this movie is a fucking Christmas movie because this movie could be out or this line could be out of fucking Home Alone. Um, he says, "Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring except for the four assholes coming in the rear in a standard two by two cover formation." <laughs> I, whenever when he says that line, and I can't do it any justice, but the way he delivers it, and the actor's name is Clarence Gilliard, um, who's great. But talk about camp. That that line is like from almost like a high school play or something. But it plays for it's so fucking funny. But yeah, oh, amazing. All right. Um, before I got to get one other one out of the way before we just something that hasn't aged well. And this has been a million movies since, and it was probably in a movie before uh, this movie, but. Hey, trust me, I'm a cop. Like that phrase has just not aged well in like the <laughs> lexicon of America whatsoever. No, we haven't no. even talked about like Al. He, yeah, shooting a child. Yeah, yeah. that's I, insane. I, I, that, I forgot about that, and I was like, "Wait, what?" And he said he had a ray gun. I don't even know what the fuck a ray gun is, Basically, but he's, I'm like assuming it's a type of Nerf gun. It's one of those old school. It doesn't even shoot anything. It just looks like a gun, but then you'd like point it. It's from like an old cartoon, and it would make like the you like, know the light at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. But anyway. Yeah, that was. Uh, why I was just like. Yeah, weird, weird, and, 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 and I guess it like that whole thing didn't need that whole storyline didn't need to be in there. Um, but my two are, uh, and this one's pretty ch- pretty chalk um, as far as they go. But welcome to the party, pal. I fucking love yeah. that because he's been in the shit like by himself for like a good thirty minutes at that point. And then he throws this body down just to get this guy's attention. And he's getting yep. fired upon. And he's like, come on. Come on in. The water's fine. Like, welcome yeah. to the party. Um, and then my favorite line in the movie, um, which I can just relate to so, so much, is I could talk about industrialization and men's fashion all day. But unfortunately, work gets in the way. <laughs> that, is, that is such a you line. It is such is, a, is, it's such a me line. And, like... It's really sinister in the context of like he's like work gets in the way, but like work is like I have to interrogate and then potentially murder you. Uh, but I just love that introduction to Hans Gruber being like he just like knows like he ha- he has like a sartorial mind. He is like this like gentlemanly villain, but also he's ready to fucking murder you uh, if you don't like provide any value to him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I just love that line because I think it. It sums up his character, and I also, I really identify with it. I really do. I was going to say, just for context, Jed is wearing, I believe, a collared shirt with a jean jacket over the top of it to record in his house right now. Um, um, this is a, so this is right a yeah, this is a vintage Ralph Lauren uh, denim work jacket. Uh, it is oh, oh, we're getting in the delightful. way. It's delightful. Okay, there you go. By the way, fuck you for knowing that I would take the bait, and then immediately he's like, "Set me up," because he's like, "This motherfucker is gonna take the bait and talk about his clothes, and then I'm just gonna rip it to shreds." Hey, you want to talk about fashion though? Theo had an amazing sweater on in this movie. He did. He did have a good, good call sweater. there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, Chip. Before Evan just like roasts me again, what what are your two picks for your favorite line? I'm going to cheat and do three because I can. Uh, when he's on Milwaukee for the first time and he's trying to get in contact with emergency services, he says, no fucking shit, lady. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Yes. Great line. <laughs> I, I yes. love that every time. 
there's oh, oh my, okay i'm gonna try to do the accent again yes now i have a machine gun ho 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 <laughs> it gives me chills every time because he, he's rather menacing when he's that's the most menacing ho 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 line delivery ever and then my final one is FBI agents Johnson and Johnson in the helicopter. And the uh, the first guy goes, just like Saigon, eh, Slick? And then the other Johnson says, I was in junior high, dickhead. Yeah, yes. so good. Great line there. It comes out of nowhere every time, and I audibly laugh. I'm laughing as I read it right now. Oh, it's so is good. That Saigon is Saigon line, too? The look on his face when he says that line is unbelievable it looks like he's in platoon or something it's so great <laughs> oh he's a pure by, psychopath by the way we also i realized we forgot one of the single best alan rickman deliveries potentially of his career it's when he realizes who um holly is and he goes hmm Miss, <laughs> oh, <I can't>. <laughs> <laughs> he's about to do connery i guess yeah i was about i was about to do connery he's like Mrs. McLean, nice to make your acquaintance. And he like holds up the gun in that same sinister way, and then he just boo, 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 and like shoots it three times shoots into the air. There's a lot That's of a just random impression. They, actually, I mean, their bullet budget on this movie had to have been out oh. of this. They shoot so many. There's just so many wasted bullets. The first time they like take all the hostages, guys are literally like just dumping entire clips into the ceiling. Yeah. Well, just Jed, you do know those aren't real bullets, right? Yes, I'm aware, Evan, just like... <laughs> but why is there bullet budget? Oh, you mean for the actual criminals in the movie? Yeah, I meant, like, the terrorists. I'm sorry if oh, I didn't make... Oh, I thought you were saying, like, John McKiernan was just buying, like, 8,000 rounds. <laughs> <laughs> All these German actors just firing shots into the ceiling. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was... I, I apologize. I was, I was saying, No, I like, see what you're saying. Yeah, I was saying, true. like, this group of terrorists... Like, their bullet budget must have been incredible. Like, no wonder they need to steal $660 million like, for the bonds. They probably spent... Yeah. They all have those massive bags. Remember the first guy he fights? He pulls out his bag. The guy has, like, 15 magazines in there. Like, they're ready for a war. Yeah. Wild. Uh, I am, I'm going to take you both to Universal Studios and blow your minds with how movies are made. <laughs> it's going to be... I remember when I was told that the... Uh, that the um, like walking the street scenes in Seinfeld was shot at a studio in LA. I was I didn't sleep for like three days. So I was just like, "There's no fucking way." I know that's in New York City. Um, I also wanted to mention, as far as the Johnsons go, the other great line is when they first walk up, and he's like, "I'm Agent Johnson. This is Special Agent Johnson. No relation." Yeah. And the camera kind of pans back, and it's just a white dude behind him. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, um all right what's your yeah. what's your vote what's your vote chip um if we're not doing yippee kaye i'm gonna do uh now i have a machine gun ho 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 mm -hmm. i like that one a lot i i like that one a lot too evan what are you gonna go with so i feel well i'm just picking one of my own but i come out to the coast we'll get together have a few laughs like i just die so hard every time i hear that one that's that's the line that stuck with me the most. So that was going to be my pick, but we'll have to do something to figure it out here. All right. Well, we're going to, we are going to have to do something because I think 
I've been convinced that my favorite line is, this is just like Saigon. I was 13, <laughs> dickhead. Like, that's the movie in a nutshell. Like, that's the vibe of the movie. It's like, this is a crazy action movie. It's like, I'm 13 watching this. I don't understand the real stakes, and I don't need to. <laughs> I do. I, I mean, I, I'd be down for that. I'd be down for that pick. Because it's right at, like, the ultimate climax of the movie, too. Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, your heart is kind of racing. It's also, like, in the spirit of, like, speaking of our, our last podcast, Dr. Strangelove, if you haven't listened to it. Um, like, in that same spirit, it's like the, well, if the Ruskies got, like, we wouldn't have gotten Plan R if the Ruskies hadn't dropped a paper. Yeah. Washington. Like, it's that they same. already flattened Washington. Yeah, it's that same vibe. So, I, I don't know. I love that line. It's just Hell so yeah. good. It didn't need to be in it, but it it puts this movie like in a place, right? It's like these FBI agents are all like, they're not all, but like Viet. This guy's a Vietnam vet. He's like rolling in a helicopter. He's like, it's just like Saigon. Hell yeah! <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, that yeah. I I like that pick. You know, I will say just for I know I mentioned it earlier, but the one line from Hans just made me think of of. Like us, more like you guys, just that because we love movies so much. And these movies are so great because it kind of puts you in the mindset of like, what would I do here? But when he says, um, just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Like, uh, I just, I, I love that line so much because it makes me think so much of like how much of my childhood is just like, shit, how much of my adulthood, I don't know what I'm talking about. How much of my adulthood is like watching movies and just being like, I wonder if I could be that guy. Dude. Like, I watched The Martian, and I'm like, I wonder if I studied enough botany, I could be, what's his name, Mark Watson or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like... Dude, I learned I learned archery done. and horseback riding because I wanted to be like Legolas in Lord of the Rings. Like, you're ta- I mean, you're preaching to the choir, man. Like, I exactly. literally made my parents buy me a bow and arrow, and then, like, shot fake wooden arrows around the neighborhood. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah I love, I actually, I, I love that line, too. That's, oh, it's so tough. You guys come like to an agreement. Like you guys Saigon come to an agreement line. on something. Like I'm, I'm good with the that. Saigon line, just because yeah. it, it is one of the great overlooked lines of the movie, you know. And yeah, I like I like coming out of left field with one of our picks. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And it's I love it coming from a secondary character because some of those lines, and from like uh, what's his name Al, I can't remember his last name, but the um the cop outside that he's talking to the whole time, mm-hmm. um. Their lines are almost funnier because they're a little bit more unexpected. Like about halfway through the movie, you're like, anytime they're cutting to John McClane, this guy is is hitting me over the head with something. But anytime one of those secondary characters hits you with a really good line, that's why like some of those Theo lines, like I laugh so hard because I'm just like, these are kind of throwaway scenes that they're just like, yeah, we need to move the plot along. But these secondary characters are also fucking hilarious. So, yeah. Yeah, like that, that whole sequence too, we haven't talked about it, but that whole sequence when the FBI is like explaining their plan to like bring the helicopters. And then Rickman's explaining his plan. He's like, so yes, they're going to do this. And what we're going to do is blow the roof and then we'll be, yeah. and then like the whole part of like, like them having to turn off the power is like the final yes. key to get in the vault. And he goes, gentlemen, I give you the FBI. And it's so good. Yeah. yeah. But awesome. Yeah. Those are some great picks by us. Uh, favorite performance, Alan Rickman, uh, Favorite scene, you know, that initial meeting between John McClane and Hans Gruber. Uh, favorite shot, uh, when John McClane's in the in the AC shaft and he flicks the lighter on. You know, really iconic. Uh, and favorite line, Chip, 
Will you like to do the honors? Just like Saigon, eh, Slick? <laughs> I was in junior high, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's, so, that's so good. Oh, All right. Moving on to the final two categories. Uh, did Rach like it? Rach is our, my wife, she's our barometer for like normal non, non-moviegoers. Um, we can get more uh, in there if we want, but right now she's the barometer. Yeah, she loves this movie. This movie reminds her, like she's watched this a million times with her dad. And her dad was like in, in her, his early 20s when this movie came out. So like, of course, just what, a, what an incredible, uh, you know, movie to watch like growing up with your dad. I think that's what a lot of us have been introduced to this movie by. Um, yeah, so she, she loves it. Uh, and then now moving on to grading the movie. Uh, this one's kind yeah. of, a, I think, an interesting one to talk about from a grade standpoint. Uh, because this really challenges the the meaning of like what is a grade. It's you know it's a little bit of how much do we like it. It's a little bit of do we think it's a good movie. Um, you know we've talked about the difference between good and and like movies we like versus movies that are actually like good and our favorites. So I'm not gonna go first. I think Evan, I'd like you to to grade this movie first. Go first. Okay. Um. I'm going back and forth a little bit. I think I'm going to give this movie an A minus. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just it's about, about as good as you can get in this genre. Uh, the way it's melding these jokes, like kind of see pretty not kind of pretty much seamlessly into um, the plot. It's actually an interesting premise, and even though it's a little bit un. Um, fleshed out I kind of like the dynamic of like he and his wife and she has the picture down and they kind of focus on that a couple times it's just made really well and I did want to talk a little bit after we're done grading about John McTiernan um, but like the shots in in this movie and stuff are just way better than they even should be and some of the um, way exposition is is entered in and like given to the audience is in such a clever way to like you know, I, I really love, I didn't even think about it, but like Chip was saying at the beginning, you know, having Argyle be that conversation where we're figuring out what's going on with, with uh, John McClane and his personal life rather than some like boring dude on an airplane uh, where it's like clear they're just talking directly to the audience. Um, it's really cool. Um, I just think this is, I, this movie is not going to win like best picture or anything. It's not going to be in my... It, you know, it's probably not quite in my top like 50 of all time or anything like that, but it's a movie that I can toss on at any time and know I'm not only going to be entertained, like I'm actually going to be watching a really good movie. So I'd say, nice. yeah, A minus. That's, I think that's really high praise uh, for a movie like this in general. Like I wrestled with this grade. Um, I ended up going with giving it a B. Like I, I think it's a, gr- it's a great movie. I think it's an all time classic. Um, you know, but this is like this is what I love about these grades. They're so subjective, right? Of like, I think in this one, I was looking at it. You know, like, is it enough to give it an A minus or a B plus? Probably not. Uh, obviously, there are some plot holes. There's a little bit of vagueness, but like you said, this is about as good of an action movie as you can get. They don't. I almost like the fact that they don't try to like make the plot like too heavy on you. They don't wear it too heavy. It's just like just sit and enjoy yourself. Like don't don't yeah. try to figure out. Don't try to figure this out too much. Uh, but yeah, B, solid, really solid B for me. Um, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Chip? It's a, it's a pretty clear A- for me as well. Uh, it's hard to find a better action movie. 
I don't think this movie gets talked about enough in the pantheon of heist movies because that's Ooh. really what it is as well. I mean, oh. it's a bit a bit more secondary because, you know, it's, well, it's not necessarily heist. right. It's, it's not the protagonist uh, perpetrating the heist. It's the antagonist. But mm. you've got all the heist elements in terms of, you know, cracking the safe and, you know, trying to deal with uh, the cops and trying to stop them from interfering you. Difference is the audience is expected to root against the safe crackers in this case. Um, but, you know, it's it's a simple premise of bank robbery. You've got colorful and unique characters in, in every corner uh, of the movie. as memorable moments of dialogue, these uh, stripped down, natural uh, action sequences, not as many cuts, not as uh, much heavy editing, just like real raw action and violence. And then you wrap it all in a Christmas bow. I mean, I don't know how you can get much better than this for this kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah. I love agreed. it. You I, know what's so great about this movie? We haven't talked about it too much, but like every time I rewatch it, I forget how many scenes there are where John McClane is literally just fucking chilling. Like there are like stretches of 20, 25 minutes in this movie where he's sitting in the same room, just kind of like waiting for the cops to start doing something or like waiting for, you know, Hans and his guys to like find out what Flory's on and like have to move again or something. But just kind of, I always thought of it as like him moving the whole time, but it's really cool how they're able to do that and still keep like the suspense and the like feeling of, of propulsion the whole time. Sorry, Jed, I kind of cut you off. But. No, no, it's totally fine. I, you actually kind of teed me up. I think the other thing we haven't talked about is um, this is a great, one of the great single location movies, like place and time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is a movie where like, I truly <laughs> believe like other than the initial cut from, you know, the airport, but once we're in the Christmas party, it almost feels like what happens is the same length of time as like the movie itself, right? It all happens over the course of a couple hours, which is a hard thing to pull off. Um, And I think they do it really well. And I think that kind of leads us into the conversation. The final thing we want to talk about, which is John McTiernan. And so, um, you know, I just wanted to kind of, Evan, give you the platform. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about him because I I really am not familiar with his breadth of work. Yeah. uh, At all. Yeah, so I think, you know, John McTiernan would be, um, I was I was literally just thinking about this, but I think he'd be a fun person for us to talk about uh, in the near future, you know, as we, as we are starting to talk a little bit more about some of these action movies. But in the 80s and 90s, he was just pumping out action movies that were better than they needed to be. And what I mean by that is just like, you watch a movie like Die Hard, and even if you're not like a huge movie buff or know a ton about cinematography. I, I mean, shit, I don't really know much outside of just like watching a lot of movies. Um, but you're seeing things. So you're just like, I don't see that. I mean, even just that air vent scene, you're just like, I don't see something that looks that cool outside of like a big explosion or something like something that small in an action movie looking that cool is not that common. So, I mean, he's done he did Predator the year before, which is like, if we want to talk about action directors, back-to-back movies doing Predator Die Hard is like, seems like it would be pretty hard to top. And then follows that up with The Hunt for Red October. Um, I mean, just in the last action hero he did, The 13th Warrior, like, he's done some really classic action movies of this time. And he's the type of director that I really appreciate, who's just like, I'm pretty good at what I do, but I also love just obviously one making a lot of money but two just being incredibly entertaining and featuring these super massive stars just doing massive star like hollywood shit so uh, i i'm a huge fan of john mctiernan i 
and I know we talked about Predator a little bit in the Schwarzenegger, but I'm really interested, Chip, to hear what you uh, what you have to say about John McTiernan. I'm just trying to think of a run of three action movies by a single director that's better yeah. than Predator, Die Hard, Hunt for Red October. Yes, right. And like, I don't know if I can't. I mean, that's up there with like a run of three movies all time, let alone just yes. like action movies. I mean, yes. to I mean that one, two, three punches is just brilliant and. I'm I'm just looking at his filmography right now, and really outside of those three, he made he's made some good movies outside of those three. Like I didn't hate Die Hard with a Vengeance. He made The Thomas Crown Affair, which is actually a pretty fun movie. I um, like that movie, yeah. But I mean, he really made those three, and then kind of hasn't made the best movies around that. You know, it's like he it's like he was like blessed with some spirit to make these three movies in a row and just like blow everything out else out of the water. Like you watch these action movies, every other action movie looks like shit compared to it. He yes, is the, exactly. he is the gold standard. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know, what's funny is like, now that you mentioned that it's like, obviously I've seen all those movies, but those are the types of movies. And this is maybe unfair to people that direct these kind of movies, but like, you don't necessarily like, you aren't focusing on like the director as much as you are on just like the action, but he's executed these movies. I agree. Like there might not be a better three movie movie stretch, especially during that time period. I mean, those are three awesome, awesome movies, but like, that's not something I think about, right? You think about action and maybe the only household name that like would initially pop into most people's heads. is like Michael Bay. Right. And it's like, like right now. And Michael Bay doesn't have a single movie better than those three. No, no, not at all, not at all. But yeah, so it's not so a big interesting. Armageddon guy, huh? Maybe, Hunt maybe we need to listen. I, I <laughs> listen. I want to preface this by saying that I only mean this like kind of half-heartedly because everyone knows that I will never fully agree with Evan. But maybe we need to listen to Evan Chip and like start watching more action movies because maybe these <laughs> maybe these movies have more to say than than we're giving them credit for. I think action movies can say quite a bit. I know this. I'm jumping yeah. on Evan's point, but like. Even in Die Hard, which is the most simple and pure boiled down action movie, you can still draw some interesting themes out of it. Yeah. You know what I think it's really overlooked is the degree of difficulty. I think people think it's easy to to make these types of movies. And I really don't think it's easy to figure out how to allow John McClane to deliver some of the lines that he does without it coming across so cheesy and over the top and lame i mean for lack of a better term similar to like predator some of those schwarzenegger lines um it's just like how can you get i mean we all know the famous meme from predator you know the 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 hands linking up uh and when you actually watch the movie even after you know years and years of that meme being such a big thing it still plays pretty well and that's just kind of incredible. Like it, it takes real talent to be able to figure out how to fit that stuff in and make sure that like somebody who brought their, you know, 13 year old uh, on, on their school break or whatever to the movie is entertained without the dad or the mom being like, okay, like, let's just wrap this thing up. We're good to go. You know, by the time you're getting to like the fourth transformers, you know, parents are like, okay, it's all right. I spent my 14 bucks on this movie, but I, I'm ready to get out of the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I think it's hard to to make these movies and make them seem like like we get an A minus, you know, as far as like overall movies go. Yeah, no, I think I think that's that's a great point. Um, 
I, I almost want to leave it on that because I think that's kind of like a positive note to yeah. kind of end the pod. It's just like these. This is a really well executed movie, and like I love. I, I don't. I don't know if you you specifically Evan have like coined this term, but I know you say it a lot. But I love the this movie's better than it needed to be. Like I love mm, movies yeah. that are better than they need to be because I just tend to appreciate them more. Like you said, like Die Hard is good. Like I'm gonna if I. It's rare that there's a movie that if I catch it on cable that I'm going to stick with, right? Like Die right. Hard. Die Hard, I'm just like, yeah, fuck yeah, it's Die Hard. Of like, course. I'll watch it. Uh, yeah. And I, mean, I think that's... That would be a fun pod. Movies that are better than... You know one that comes to mind? Like, the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep. Like, who was walking into that was like, it would be this good. Like, no, it could it, have been it didn't. half as good, and I still would have been like, I'm fucking in. Like, I'm seeing the next one. Yeah, a hundred percent. We I, I like that five top five movies that were better than they needed to be. Yeah, because it can be count. all over the place. It can be it will, like, lots of comedies are very similar. Like people yeah. think they're easy and stuff, but it's like there's no reason that. I mean, it's easy to pick a Coen Brothers or something, but like Raising Arizona, there's no reason Raising Arizona should have been as good as it was. Like it's so silly, but yeah, yeah. it's cool, funny idea. I like that. But. I like that. Awesome. Anything that you guys want to uh, to. Final notes, final thoughts before we uh, wrap it up. Um, one of the great uh, elevator chimes in movie history. That elevator chime. I don't know if it's maybe it's just me, but it sounds like it's out of Star Wars almost. It's like it does. Uh, it's like sounds like they're in Cloud City. You know when like the lights in Cloud City light up and it's like, Ooh. it's that I think scene. It, it adds like that futuristic Nakatomi Plaza vibe, but it's just like you immediately know uh, machine gun fire is coming when you hear that sound. <laughs> yeah. Good, yeah. good call. I need to, I need to listen to movies better. You guys are so much better about listening for the soundtrack and and the score. And it always takes me like, I always have to rewatch a movie specifically thinking about the sound. And even then, twenty minutes in, I'm like, fuck, I forgot to, I forgot to listen. <laughs> but I, I'm not. But that's a good call. I, I did notice that. Yeah, uh, well, the second time I watched it. Awesome. Well, that's a great final note. Uh, next week, guys. We are actually going to do the fucking Bond movie draft. It is going to be hot. It's going to be contentious. And the best part is you guys are going to have to vote on it. Uh, We are going to need you to determine who's the winner. So I'm excited. I'm ready. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, our loyal, loyal listener base. We love you guys so much. So Uh, really quick, I think... Yeah, no, hit hit him with the... I was going to say, Jed, let's do the full plug of some of the... uh, some ways that people can reach us we haven't done that in a while yes okay so first and foremost guys if you haven't already please leave us a review on itunes that'll help other people find the show tell your friends tell your family if you know someone that likes movies get them involved we really want to grow this community of people talking about movies all the time so if you're listening and you do not know how to get in touch with us follow us on twitter at flick and scream Mm -hmm. on instagram at flicking and screaming and if you are so inclined, send us an email at yeah. flickingandscreaming at gmail.com. We, uh, we've had a couple emails, a uh, couple of them with some decent ideas of like shows. And, uh, you know, if you have an idea for a show that you think would be really fun, if there's someone that you want to talk about, uh, you know, some movie that you want us to talk about, let us know. We're happy to do that. Uh, you know, this is a community. We want to hear you guys' feedback uh, and yeah, get involved. Anything else, guys? Um, if you want to find out why Hans was right, 
follow at Chip Afio Block on <laughs> Twitter, and you will find out why Hans is right. But that's all I got. Oh, all right, guys. Uh, looking forward to the Bond draft next week. That's going to be an absolutely electric episode, probably two and a half hours long. Uh, but until next time, this has been Flicking and Screaming. I'm Jed Sprague. That's Evan Fagunis and JT Chipman. Have a good one, everybody. Peace.